Hello, everybody. Just a quick disclaimer before this week's episode. As you know, we've been recording our episodes remotely lately due to the COVID-19 pandemic, so please excuse the slight dip in audio quality. I also wanted to give a shout out to all the nurses, doctors, and medical professionals working every day to save lives. Y'all are the real heroes, and we love you. And now, here's the show. From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody. We are gearing up for the 2020 Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Michelle Greitzer. She has worked on a few shows you may have heard of, Glow, Veep, and Barry, just to name a few. She's also a brilliant director, and we are blessed to have her film, Do You Have a, in the No Joke block this year. Michelle, tell the audience about your film, Do You Have a. All right, so Do You Have a is a short comedy about a woman who is trying to get a tampon, but is unable to actually say the word tampon. First job out of college, and she doesn't want to mess up. There's a couple of women in the office that maybe can help her, but the first one she goes to makes it a point to say, if you can't say tampon, I'm not giving you one. And then she ends up on this crazy quest where she goes around asking people, um, hey, do you have a... Mm? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wrote the movie because women do that. And it's always been kind of funny and makes me laugh. And I really wanted to explore the, you know, dichotomy between, you know, the women out there who are afraid or nervous about revealing a natural process that we all go through and mm -hmm. then the uh the other uh, type of person who's like gung-ho and happy to shout it from the rafters right and what i love so much about your film is you know how on its face it's a light comedy it's very enjoyable to watch wall-to-wall -wall laughs but you know in a seemingly effortless way you tackle a lot of important themes you know about female empowerment you know being period proud you know the trans community i want to talk to you about your writing process and kind of how you were able to blend all of this together so wonderfully. Well, thank you. That's such a great compliment. I love hearing that it seemed effortless because it certainly wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it never is, but as long as it seems effortless, you knocked it out of the park. Great. That's exactly the, what I was going for. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've been wanting to tell a story about periods for a long time and I am a director first and a writer second. And so, mm -hmm. you know, writing is not my, my strength. And I really didn't know where I wanted to go with this story, except that I just wanted to to, you know, have uh, periods on screen. I just feel like you don't see them enough in fiction and they're and when they're talked about, it's always in the concept of, I didn't get one, you know? And so right. I really wanted to like explore the idea of just having one. And then I kind of came up with this idea of like, what would happen if somebody couldn't say tampon and they came up against somebody who wanted them to. And I wrote the, the first draft of the script had all of the characters that are there and sort of in their iterations. So Amy was the timid one and Lindsay was the one who was going to combat her and say, you, you have to say it out loud. And then I had Bianca who in the original draft was a trans person and two other women, Gail, the boss and Darcy, the secretary. And Darcy was originally pregnant in the first draft because um, I wanted to explore like 
the ideas of getting a period and when it, when you don't get one and Gail was always menopausal. But mm-hmm. the first draft was probably five or six pages longer than the final draft ended up being. And I just am very fortunate to have like a really good community of people. So for my process, like I'll write a first draft and then I hate it and I'll revise. And then maybe around draft three, I'll start to show it to people and I'll send it to a couple friends and ask for feedback. And I'm also part of a community that we call the sandbox where we could put the scene like scenes from the short up on its feet and see what real actors do with the scenes. And I took this short to the sandbox um, four times and it was invaluable to me to hear feedback from other filmmakers and other women and what they were thinking was funny and what didn't make sense. And so after every session where I'd see, I had a different group of actors playing different scenes from the short, I would go and revise and rewrite. And the other thing I did was have a trans friend of mine read the script and tell me if it felt true to her experience in her life. Because I didn't want to make presumptions about what that is. I'm not in that community, but I wanted to explore that idea and see what, again, what happens with this, the idea of all womanhood, mm-hmm. like all different kinds of women. And the other part of the writing process was that was sort of casting because originally I thought Amy might be from a minority community. And maybe that is why she couldn't say period, or it just wasn't natural to her to ask for a tampon. When I hit on Britt Barron to play Amy, I made the character much younger and was like, it's her first job. This is exactly who this person needs to be. And now it makes sense to me why she is acting this way. Absolutely. And she's really great in this role. She is, she's electrifying on screen. I could have watched her character, you know, for another three hours. I was like, this could be a series just watching this, uh, you know, young woman navigate, you know, the office as the noob, as one of your characters calls her. Talk to us a little bit about working with Brit and, you know, once you cast her, uh, how you two developed this character together. I just am so fortunate to know Brit and have her say yes to this role. And I mean, basically, we have a relationship because I worked with her on Glow. And so I wrote the script, reached out and said, would you be interested in maybe doing this? And she was like an absolute resounding yes. And I just was like, oh my God, just floored that she said yes. And then we had some correspondence via email up until shooting. And then we did a couple of rehearsal days. I rehearsed with her and Mimi Giannopoulos. And I rehearsed with her and the woman who plays Bianca in the space, like in the bathroom. And Britt just brings so much. I hardly had to direct her. And I don't say that lightly. Like she just knew this person intimately, like just knew exactly when to have a funny face or put in a a nervous laugh or or a little tick. And she would make suggestions while we're shooting, like, can I say this instead of this? Or this feels better. And I was like, absolutely. Like whatever your instinct is right now, like I'm so enamored with her performances you know it's like after just two rehearsals I was like you have it we got it we don't need to do anymore and we shot just two days on a weekend and it was like she's just perfect yeah she's great she is uh, I think perfect is the perfect adjective to describe her performance when you were giving this script to you know your fellow crew members you talked about the sandbox and getting notes from from the community but in your collaboration with 
your crew were people supportive and happy to do a story about periods. We're starting to see a little bit more. In LADFF, we try to be champions for period stories. We we have at least a couple every year in our festival, but there's not enough talked about it and especially like period poverty but was your crew supportive and gung-ho about making a movie about periods you know they they were and i think i have a 50 50 cast and crew of male to female on Mm -hmm. this short it's like almost exactly 50 percent. and i will say like the women were like absolutely know this experience 100 percent. all of them like that whatever side they fell on they had all had that moment of, oh, no, this is not the day that this should be happening, <laughs> right? Right, right. So, so they all like were like, yeah, totally want to tell the story. And the men, I don't think I had any men who were like, this is gross or weird or like freaked out. They were all like, how do we tell this story the best way? What's the funniest, you know, angle for this shot? Or like, how do you want this to look? I mean, the DP, Luke Miller, I just, again, another blessing. Uh, he's just so amazing. The short looks, it's like the most beautiful shots of tampons that, you know, you could <laughs> imagine. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, it looks great. And he brought so much. Like, you know, I mean, he worked on Grace and Frankie. So they have dildos and sex <laughs> discussions every episode. So, like, absolutely no squeamishness. And it, it's really, it was really nice. It was really nice to have a crew that, like, I didn't feel remotely judged whilst making the movie. And I've had that experience a couple times. And sometimes I make, like, some of my other earlier works, I've had men come up to me and be like, I didn't realize that women went through this, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I was really blessed on this one to have a crew of people who were like, love it. Let's do it. <laughs> That's great to hear. That is so great to hear. Michelle, you hold a special place in my heart because like me, you know, came from an AD background, but are also a writer and director. How would you say working in the AD department has helped your very sharp directing? I look at being an assistant director as a learning experience every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think that, first of all, setting background is mini directing. And so mm-hmm. I absolutely loved my jobs when I am working with the background. And because sometimes the background need extra help to get to a, a good performance. And you learn sort of what to say quickly to get somebody to give you a reaction that you're looking for. Absolutely. You have to do a lot of thinking on your feet yeah. and, and do it quickly. And it's that's invaluable. And then I think like as a first, which is what I'm currently working as, I mean, I work with the directors all day long to help them get what, what they want, but I also watch them and see like, oh, that worked. That didn't, not just in terms of camera angle, but how do you talk to people? How do you communicate? And because being an AD is really communication in all forms, like I feel like I've learned how to communicate what I'm looking for in a concise and efficient manner. And that facilitates the shooting. It helps the actors, you know, learning to talk to actors is a different language. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Getting to see, I mean, you know, thousands of hours of observing a variety of directors over my time and kind of understanding how what they're saying is working or not working for them has really been great. Yeah. And it's working for you. You are extremely talented. I love this film and I cannot wait to see your next one. I'm excited for your career and where it goes. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. We also want to give a shout out to 
Chimera. Did you guys submit through Chimera? Yeah, the Chimera project and uh, um, together film funding helped me complete the movie. So to them, I am extremely grateful. <laughs> yes, a shout out to them and shout out to my friend America Young, who runs that wonderful organization. Talk a little bit about using comedy as an avenue to talk about important themes. I think comedy is a great way to do that, and you'd pull it off very well. Talk to us about how you use comedy to tackle certain themes that you want to tell in your filmmaking. I completely agree. I personally feel like comedy is the best entrance into a difficult subjects because I think you can disarm people with laughter and they don't really realize that their minds are changing. I say that because I feel like, you know, looking back, I I recall watching Will and Grace when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And back then, you know, you didn't see a lot of openly gay characters in TV. And I, I would credit that as changing, I mean, many people's feelings, you know, in terms of the gay community. Um, I just say that because like in my own household, I saw it, right? So uh, growing up in Ohio, it was, you know, pretty conservative family. And now we're all laughing and enjoying this. And it's like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. Right. And um, my sister uh, came out around the time that that show was on. And I think our, my family had a better way of dealing with it. And I've always been drawn to comedy. And I think that in general, like you can broach really difficult subjects if you can get people laughing and then they realize like, oh, I have something in common with this idea. For me, my personal like shorts and comedies are all about just life as a woman because a lot of female-based comedies or maybe not recently, but the ones I grew up with, like you couldn't just be a regular person, like a regular woman. You, you had to be raunchy. You had to like act like a guy or, you know, it felt like what I never really saw was just these sort of everyday issues, which are funny for me, like getting your period, but not being able to say that's what's happening. Right. And like, I mean, I have another short that's about trying to figure out what to wear because anytime I have a special occasion and if you and I were meeting in real life, I probably would have spent an hour trying to figure out what to wear. And I know nobody cares. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it matters. Like it's, it's a common experience. We all have that there's like humor to be mined from this. And I just like to put out these little funny, like, this is life. This is real life. Like there's no situational comedy here because it's just what we all do every day and how we react. And like, you know, in terms of the period, this is, it's just getting the conversation started of like, hey, why do we care so much about this? It happens to everybody. Shouldn't we be a little more open? Yeah. You know, and the same with the clothing. Like, why do we care so much about what we're wearing? Because we all feel like we're being judged, but nobody else is judging us more than we're judging ourselves. <laughs> totally. I'm with you 100%. And the other thing about this film is I think a lot of women will watch this film and say, you really got to think twice before you wear white pants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I will tell you, I, I do not personally own any white pants. So yeah, it's a risk <laughs> for many reasons. It is. It is. Yeah. Michelle, tell the audience where they can follow you, where they can follow the film. You can follow me on Instagram at mgreitzer or Twitter at Michelle Greitzer at the great Zer, G-R-E, sorry, great, like the word Zer at the end of it. Cool. 
and uh, on my website, michellegreitzer.com. Excellent. And you can see Do You Have a at the 2020 Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. It will be a part of the No Joke Block, along with five other hilarious shorts, and it will be available starting August 4th at LADFF.com. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Michelle's going to help us out with our favorite segment, Gimme Three. The Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival will be available to a worldwide audience this year. Due to the global pandemic, our annual in-person event is postponed, but you can still view our incredible program online. From August 4th through August 31st, visit LADFF.com to rent our curated film blocks, or you can buy a VIP pass, which gives you access to our entire program for the month. We have over 50 films from 17 different countries, comedy, thriller, drama, musicals, docs, we've got something for everybody. So check out the 7th Annual Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival starting August 4th exclusively at LADFF.com. All right, welcome back to Film Forward, everybody. We are here with Michelle Greitzer. She is about to give us three films that have inspired her and inspired her work. Michelle, let's get your first one. All right. My first one is Jurassic Park. A classic. Yes. Absolute classic. Okay. So Jurassic Park is the movie that inspired me to make movies. And it's a little bit of a convoluted story because for a while I really didn't know what that movie inspired me to do. I got really into dinosaurs and thought I wanted to be a paleontologist for a little while. Right. Then I kind of, and then I thought, oh, maybe an archaeologist actually. And then at some point, as I got a little bit older and I realized that like digging in the dirt was really not as much fun as I thought it was. And I did a, <laughs> had done, I'd done a couple like summer programs with the Natural History Museum, like looking for artifacts and bones and stuff. And I was just like, this is, this isn't fun. You went deep into it though. You, you made it farther than a lot of other kids did. <laughs> I, well, you know, I, I wasn't, I was a little young when I saw that movie in the movie theater and I didn't quite process like what it meant to me, you know? And then at some point, maybe when I was like 13 and I was like, wait a minute, wait, I don't want to actually dig in the dirt or dig this stuff up. I want to tell these stories. And that's when I kind of realized like, oh wait, I actually want to make movies. Right. I think I have seen Jurassic Park 50 times anytime there's a chance to see it in a movie theater I go and I've read the book I read the book like once a year and I just love it and I didn't know how many other people out there loved it until I came here and started working and like other people were citing that as an inspiration and I was like I'm not alone (laughs) oh yeah no, it's, I mean, it's it's classic. I have not seen it 50 times, but I saw it, I think, last year or the year before at the Beverly, a uh, 35 millimeter print. It was the first time I had seen it in probably like 15 years. And I was like, good Lord, this holds up like top to bo- every aspect of it holds up. It fires on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. Still to this day. And I mean, like, I think Spielberg is an amazing director in terms of shot composure and the end of that movie where the dinosaur or the t-rex like roars and then the sign comes down in slow-mo it's Mm -hmm. just like 
the greatest ending. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like the greatest ending to a monster movie, because that's essentially what that movie is. It's a monster movie, you know? Yeah. And like, so great. Excellent first choice, Michelle. Let's get your second one. All right. So my second choice is Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights. Another great film. That one is, I will tell you, I appreciate other Mel Brooks movies better. And and I do like other Mel Brooks movies like as a filmmaker better, but that one mm. just caught me at the right time of my life to like show me what comedy really could be. Like what is spoof? Right. 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 And, and I would say that movie probably inspires me comedically, like got me into wanting to make comedies and to like find the absurdity in, <laughs> in, you know, whatever, whatever the weirdness that's out there, it's everywhere. You know, that's what Mel Brooks shows me is like, there's funny everywhere, you know? Absolutely. There's some of the jokes are so on the nose and so, you know, slapstick in your face. And then there's other jokes, you know, that are so subtle, you know, like the people screwing up the British accent constantly throughout the movie, you know, that are poking fun of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves or whatever that movie's called. You know, there's little little subtle things. They're just like, there's not a moment wasted for comedy. Yeah, not at all. And like every time you watch it, you might find something different in it, you know, because where you're at in your life trajectory, you know, the older I got, the more I'm like, oh, I get that joke now. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Or I see what they're doing there. And, and that's, I just think it's still so stupid and so funny. And it just makes me laugh every time. And you get a young Dave Chappelle. He's as funny then as he is now. He's just, he's just great always. Oh yeah. I think that was like his first film role. I think it, I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah, and he he's great, and Carrie Always was great, yeah. and I mean, you, you know, so many good people in that movie that are all still so funny. All right, you're two for two. Let's get your third one. All right, well, I hope this won't come as a surprise to anybody who knows me, but uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, another Spielberg movie. I love Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's my <laughs> celebrity crush. I've never met him, but I don't know what I would do if I did. Right. And, uh, you know, Raiders is another one of those movies that, like, everything about it just works. And it just works so well. And, like, you could sit down with the intent of studying it and being like, I'm just going to learn the shots in this movie and, like, figure out what, you know, how did Spielberg shoot this? And then about 10 minutes into that, you're like, I'm just going to watch it because it's still so enjoyable. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) You sit down to study and then you're just like on a roller coaster. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And like, it's fun, but it has like a real, like, I think a deep meaning of like the exploration of like, you know, what do you believe? What's spirituality? And with so many great, like just moments in that movie. And it was another one of those movies that like, I just was very inspired by in the wrong direction for a while. And then like realized, oh wait, no, I want to make these kinds of movies <laughs> i don't want to like go dig up artifacts you know <laughs> so when i got married i did not go down the aisle to the bridal march i went down the aisle to the raiders march <laughs> that's awesome yeah that is very cool excellent three choices my friend excellent three choices all of them a great blend of action comedy and romance yeah and it's like all the things you want in a movie that's how i feel about all those movies like in one way or another it's everything you want to just be entertained maybe feel like you learned something have a good time 
have emotions, have a shared experience with somebody. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michelle, for your three. Thank you for being on this podcast and thank you for making your great film. It was my honor and pleasure to be here. And thank you so much for programming my film. And and I can't wait for people to see it. You got it. You can watch Do You Have a Michelle's film. It's starting August 4th at LADFF.com as a part of the No Joke block. That's no with a K. Thank you so much for everybody for listening to Film Forward, and we will catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.